It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 on a Saturday morning, 61 degrees outside. A warm day for the day before Christmas, completely thinking of it, what, a week ago? We had 12 inches of snow in some parts of metro Atlanta over in the west part of Atlanta. We had huge amounts of snow there. 61, warm, going to be cold, of course, for Christmas. You heard the forecast a few minutes ago. And you heard the number, too, 404 or hashtag AskWalter if you're on Twitter this morning. Of course, not a f- lot of phone calls about gardening because everybody is focused on Christmas, I think, coming up. But if you do have a question, this would be the morning to get your question answered. But what if they have questions about organic things related yes. to cooking? Because they're cooking for the holidays, sure. baking. Maybe you want to start an organic gardening next year. Garden next year would like to know the tips on how to start that organic garden for next year. That'd be a good thing to talk about this morning. So gardening, we could do a little sure. cooking, some Absolutely. cooking questions, maybe. Maybe not cooking. You could talk about the cooking part because you're a better cook than I am, certainly. But, uh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> no one's coming us. to my house to eat Christmas Jason dinner. I'll just say that. Jason's got those Jason, questions fielded. Jason can answer the questions about cooking. I got you morning. on the cooking question. Okay, so good. Um, but let's talk about Christmas cactus because that is certainly the plant that is associated with this holiday. So you have one yourself? Well, as most people do, mm-hmm. I received a cutting from ah. someone else's very old, very successful Christmas cactus plant. And so I've had, well, actually it's two cuttings, and I've had them in the same vase with just a little bit of water in a very sunny window for probably two months now. And they have roots, so I'm ready to go ahead and, you know, put them in in dirt. But my question to you is with just those two little cuttings that I'm going to put in dirt in a pot, how does it multiply? How does it become the big Christmas cactus that everyone else has? It's fun to watch because it's so unlike a shrub or a tree where you have this sort of woody stem that comes up and splits and has leaves that come off the tip of it. But with a Christmas cactus, those little things that you have, they will usually make two. They'll split. Each one will have two limbs of identical, the exact same looking leaf that will come off the top of it. And then those two, after a month or two or three, split and have two more of those and so it's I don't know it just goes like a Y it goes Y Y Y Y and it Y's up as it gets bigger and bigger and so it's cascading over the side of the pot and pretty soon it's you know 10 years down the line you think wow I grew this big Christmas cactus off of those two little cuttings that I got. So then do you need to keep kind of breaking it off and then repot those new shoots to make it full do you know what I'm saying like rather than just having the two little cuttings in the middle of the right. dirt how do I make it fuller? I happen to know that you have pets in your house. And oh, what boy. usually yeah. happens... Live plants don't do well in my house. <laughs> what usually happens is the cat or the dog will brush up against it, or your husband or yourself. You'll be moving it, and half of it will flop out and break off. And somehow this sort of inadvertent pruning, this accidental pruning, is what causes the plant to break to get a little bit more full. It sprints a couple more times more than you expected, so it gets fuller. But you can. Yeah, you're right. If you never touch it and the pets are never there, then you can uh, fertilize it. It'll get a little shorter inner nose between the leaves, so it makes it a more, more full plant from short. And stems. you know, with just one of those two cuttings, 
it had enough energy built up in it or, or whatever yeah. to already bud. And I think it's going to, that one cutting is going to bloom in the next couple no. of days. You sure it's going to be a bloom? Maybe it's another leaf going there. It's round? Is it round like a Oh, it's bud? already like a pink bud oh, man, that look looks like you. it's getting ready to open. Look at you, Ashley. I know. It's yeah. left the sunny window. So it's going to bloom. And one of the things that I found out myself, particularly this year, I have one big Christmas cactus that I have in my sunroom, another one outside on the patio. I pulled it out sometime in late April, I think it was. The one that was outside on the patio, unbelievable how many flowers came on that thing. It was like a big mass of red flowers. The one that was inside, not so many, not so many on it. And I'm lucky that I have three different kinds of Christmas cactus. Again, we name them the same thing. But some of the Schlumbergia is a Latin name. But some of those Schlumbergia will bloom at Thanksgiving. I have one that blooms at Thanksgiving. Bloomed pretty well this year. The one for Christmas was covered in flowers about a week ago. And I have another one that's called an Easter cactus that will only bloom in Easter. And it has little bitty buds, just like Ashley's plant that she has at home, little bitty pink buds on the end. And that'll bloom sometime around Easter. So you can have different kinds of quote-unquote Christmas cacti that bloom at different times. So if you have one for Thanksgiving, if you have one for Christmas, maybe have one for Easter, you can have one to bloom any of those three holidays during the year. And I, I might have just missed this because I was grabbing a phone call, but you and Mickey had had a conversation maybe this time last yeah. year about identifying other than watching for when it blooms, identifying the difference between the Thanksgiving and the Christmas cactus. Like, I, I want to say I remember Mickey saying just a tiny bit different shape in the leaf, right? Yeah, there's something about the ones that are Thanksgiving cactus don't have the little pointy, not needle thing, but a little thin point on the end of the... Look on my website. I think I have it on my website, actually, that I have the pictures of the different leaves on my plants showing the difference between the Christmas and the Thanksgiving and the Easter cactus. I can't remember offhand which one is which. They have the little pointy things, and I don't look at it that often to sort of determine what it is. But nonetheless, you mentioned yours, actually, you put in water, but a lot of people, to root their they're called clades. Those leaves are actually called C-L-A-D-E-S, a clade. You can stick it in the ground next to or underneath your existing Christmas cactus or a little saucer full of uh, sand. You can put it in there and keep it damp. It'll root in that just as well as it does in water. Neat. Yeah. And, and in the water, it's tricky, obviously, to keep it held up. So yeah. I have a very tight-shaped vase yeah. so that it'll stay upright. So in yeah. sand or dirt, that'd be a lot easier. Yeah, sand or dirt's easy. People are about halfway down in the sand. It will send the little leaf buds out after just four or five weeks, probably. It'll start splitting and dividing and things like that. And the other conversation that I have with Mickey, of course, is who has the oldest one? Because she says everywhere she goes, people say, I have an old Christmas cactus. And mine... I believe all of them came to me from uh, Heidi Jones' mother, Mima, over in Mimi over in uh, Athens about, ooh, actually 12 years ago, 15 years ago. That's I guess. incredible. I've had them that long. You don't have pets at home that are no. that are going to destroy it. No. Right. And that's why I Hence the longevity. Covered, covered over with flowers because I don't have anybody to break it off at my house. But I know that mine was a pass-along plant, and I just remember going to her house and breaking off one from here. Mimi can have this one, sure. Can I have this one, too? Sure, break it off. So I have some pinks and some reds and some whites all mixed up together in my pot. But I have them all kind of pass-along plants, just what Christmas cactus are for. And everyone has a story. That's really neat. They remember where they got the cuttings from. That's exactly right. Let's go to the phones. We've got John who's been waiting for us for a few minutes. John, hey, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Uh, Good morning, Walter. Hey, John, what's up? I put green weed preventer down in a bed. Both the pellets, I worked it into the soil, and then the preen mulch. It worked. It's good stuff. First time in 15 years Great. I didn't have weed. 
Good deal. Right. I want to put it back down in January. Okay. Do I have to remove those three inches of mulch that I put down six months ago? No. The oh, great. Pre- the preem products, most of them work by dissolving, and so as long as it is irrigated in, watered in, rained in, whatever you want to call it, uh, all of those will spread the chemical in the soil. It doesn't have to be put into the ground itself. works fine. Right. Thank you, sir. Nothing to, it. Nothing to it, John. Thanks, you. And have, have a happy holidays and drive safely, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Same to you. you got to think about these pre-emergence. Some of them, like the uh, the gluten meal pre-emergence that Preen also makes, they do have to be worked in, but I'm pretty sure John was talking about the uh, the chemical, the dithiopir that, that Preen makes. It is the one that dissolves in the ground, keeps the seeds from germinating, and does a pretty good job. And as he said, there's also a mulch that Preen makes that you mix the, the uh, chemicals already pre-mixed into the mulch, put it out on your garden, that keeps weeds and things from sprouting underneath the mulch as well. Different ways of doing things and different products that accomplish different things in the garden, but John seemed pretty, pretty pleased with what happens to his uh, ground after he put the preen mulch out there. But preen is one brand name. Of course, there are many other brand names of pre-emerge Scott's and Pike and everybody else has. But preen is just one that's known by a lot of gardeners by the brand name, the big yellow box that preen comes in. If you have other chemicals, most of them, if not all of them, are dissolvable. In other words, you can put it on top of the mulch and it just dissolves down into the soil and keeps the weed seeds from germinating underneath there. So you can use all of them in that way. It's not right now. I'm not sure quite why John was doing it in January, but the real time for new spring weed emergence is sometime around the around the middle of March. And so the best time, I think, now to put a pre-emergent out is probably the first week or so of March, and that then will prevent the weeds from germinating that might come in March, April, and May. Maybe a second application in May or June to keep some of the late blooming or late emerging weeds from germinating then. It's 717 at News Talk WSB at number 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. I'm in the kitchen cooking, and the children upstairs asleep. It's time for old Santa Claus to make his midnight cream call. Santa Claus wants some loving. Yeah, no. <laughs> Santa Claus wants some loving. Oh, man. Fires. He's getting way down in the weeds with these songs for Christmas. It's 724 at News.WSB. A quick weather update from Ackerman Security. Today it's going to be pretty sort of foggy, a little bit of rain here and there during the day. High today, though, 67 degrees. Later on today, it's 61 right now. Overnight low around 47. Tomorrow, cooling down. Cool front comes through tomorrow. 55 is the high. Maybe this low down is freezing overnight, Sunday into Christmas morning. Your full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Helen's in Sandy Springs and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Helen, good morning. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. How can we help? I have a, a boxwood that's right in front of my window in the front of the house, and mm-hmm. it's gotten where it's separating and oh, yeah, they get real big, they sort of flop outwards. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How far back can I trim that, and when should I do that? I always think about the boxwoods up in North Georgia that I saw that have been 
they were 90 years old, and they were covered in kudzu, and they're just all sort of messed up, covered in weeds and things. And the people there pruned it down to 12 inches tall. 12 inches tall, Helen. They were, I guess, 4 feet tall before that. But 12 inches is how they uh -huh. came out of, the, out of the weeds. And they sprouted back up like crazy. It was just the most remarkable thing to see those boxwood recover from the pruning. And the same thing for you. You can cut down to, what, 2 or 3 feet? Is what, what do you need to be in front of your windows? Uh well, probably about two feet. And they're, what do so, you say, four feet, four or five now? Yeah. As long yeah, as you prune yeah. down and leave just a little bit of leaf surface below that, a few leaves, as long as you leave some leaves down lower than where your pruning cut is done, I think uh -huh. they're going to come back fine, as long as they're healthy. And we'll assume that they're healthy tree, healthy shrubs and haven't yeah, they, stress. They, and, it seems to be. Yeah. So when, when can I do that? My preference would be to wait till February because then you're not looking at stubs for from now till then, and okay. you're not going to get any regrowth, of course, when it's cold from now till February. So it depends on sort of what your schedule is. If you can live with the stubs, then go out and do it this afternoon. If you feel like <laughs> you'd rather not, you, you can stand and you're not looking out of the tree out through the limb, limbs of your shrubs for the next couple of months, and wait till February sometime. Print it down then. I can do that. You can and do that. And should I fertilize it? You know, the one person who has told me over and over again, I see them at, at Pike Remote Broadcast, and they talk about their boxwoods every time I see them, and they swear that cottonseed meal is the bomb for for boxwoods. And cottonseed meal is an old, old fertilizer. I don't even know where to get it now. You used to buy it at Pike, but I don't think they still have it at Pike. But cottonseed meal is just what's left over when they take the seeds of the cotton plants and grind them up after they've taken the cotton oh, yeah. filaments off of them. They grind it up, and it's made into uh, feed for animals. There used to be a place up in Dawsonville that I would get my cottonseed meal. They would sell it for feeding to the goats and the sheep and the cows around Dawson County. But mm -hmm. uh, cottonseed meal, this guy says, will just make your boxwoods bloom, not bloom, but it'll grow and be green and be healthy. And he puts about a half an inch of cottonseed meal around his every year. That's all he needs. I would imagine that the other organic fertilizers that you can find now, like Milorganite or mm -hmm. uh, EB Stone that Pike sells or the uh, Holly Tone that you can get from Espoma, I think all three of those would probably be just what your boxwood needs. Do You don't need to fertilize them until, gosh, the growing season starts with April or so would be when you fertilize. April. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, that's been very helpful. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, Helen. Thanks for calling. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. 728 at News Talk WSB, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.36 on a Saturday morning, 61 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful wherever you're doing, whatever you're doing in your garden or inside with your houseplants. If you have a question, 404-872-0750. We can take a little time with our answers this morning because we don't have quite as many calls as we normally do. So if you have a good, long, complicated question, those are the ones we like. 404-872-0750. Joe is out in Mableton, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Joe, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Joe? 
I've got a camellia bush that is over 40 years old. It's wow. 30 feet high. Wow. I keep trimming it down, and all the blooms are at the top. And, sure. of course, it's been over now. It's between my glass porch and my <clears throat> deck, so it's close to the house. Yeah. I know I don't need to cut it now, but what? how far up do I need to cut it, or how far down do I need to cut it? It's so heavy. I have seen camellias pruned, again, like the lady with the boxwood a minute ago, pruned to within an inch of their life, as we say, 20 mm. feet tall down to 5 feet tall. Amazing, okay. just stumps, you know, just 5-foot-long stumps left. Yeah. And they sprout it out below the cut point and, you know, bloom within a couple of years. It takes a couple of years to recover from that severe mm. pruning. But uh, if you want to do it after they finish blooming, it probably makes most sense for everybody, but after they finish blooming, then you can do the pruning then. Are you just blooming now? Or are they about to? Yes, they're blooming, and they keep, as I cut it, they keep going further to the top. Uh-huh. I need to cut it way down, I know. Yeah, so <laughs> let's just wait until after all the blooms are off of it, just a week after you notice the last one's fading out. Go out there with a saw and cut the pieces down and... That's the end of the story. Wait for a couple of years again until you get many, many blooms on it. But it'll look a lot better, be a lot more better shaped for you, not so quite so big, and not as likely to get catch the snow and everything and flop down like they do. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for calling, Joe. I hope you feel better soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. It is David's turn. David's in Commerce, Georgia. Hey, David. Good morning. Hey, hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing great, David. Uh, I was fortunate to talk to you a couple of years ago. Got some walnut trees down by the creek hollow yeah. down there. I got, uh, I guess, the singlish ivy and everything going on the bank, roads yeah. control, this and that. I actually cut the ivy back, you know, from the white oaks or whatever might be down there, but I can't get anything other than Mondo or ribbon grass, whatever it's called, yeah. to grow anywhere near these walls, even the ivy. Huh. Once it gets up, I say within five, ten foot of those uh, walnut trees, sure. it's like somebody sprayed it with weed killer. Sure. And uh, the creek bottoms down there have some a little bit of erosion issues coming, you know, from the drainage off the road and things like that. And I just wonder if you ever come up with anything I could possibly grow down there. Yes, sir, I do. And first we have to talk about that whole phenomenon of walnut tree poisoning. is That's exactly what's going on. Walnut roots have a chemical in them called juglone, and juglone is a weed killer. Oddly enough, a tree would have a weed killer. That's how it competes with things growing underneath it. Walnut trees do. Black walnuts are the one most commonly, but the English walnuts and a couple of other walnut can have a little bit of it too. But a lot of people have noticed over the years when they have a walnut at the edge of their landscape or in a garden or someplace nearby that nothing would grow underneath the walnut tree. And scientists finally isolated the, the chemical in the, in the roots mostly. But there's a little bit in the leaves, a little bit in the wood, of this juglone that kills the plants growing underneath. So English ivy didn't like it much, but there are two or three plants that I think would grow well. I'm not sure how they do for erosion control, but ajuga is one. It's called bugleweed is one common name for it, but ajuga, A-J-U-G-A, is a common shade-tolerant, grows underneath most anything, and tolerates juglone. So ajuga is one. St. John's wort is another, and that might might make more sense if you can get it out to the sunny edge of the tree, because St. John's wort is not a real shade-loving plant. There's a possibility that St. John's wort would do for you. And the third one is um, Euonymus, winter creeper Euonymus. Uh, generally tolerates juglone pretty well. It does great for erosion control. Doesn't like to be in the shade all that much, but maybe would have a chance to grow a little bit further in than the St. John's wort would. So you got three, a juga, St. John's wort, and winter creeper Euonymus. 
Okay. Well, that's like, like I said, one of these trees in particular, several of them down there, the, the trunk of it is big around the hood of my truck. Wow. You know, it's grown for God knows how long. I don't want to cut them down. No, I mean, of course the things are, are healthy and everything. And, and matter of fact, you know, it probably holds part of the bank. Yeah. <laughs> you in know, the root system. Sure. All right, well, I uh, uh, let me ask you a couple of questions, David. Do you actually eat any of the walnuts that fall off the tree? Have you figured out a way? Uh, to... No, when I was a kid, we did, but it's too much trouble. I just soon buy. <laughs> That's we exactly my them, attitude towards it. Let them dry. And we'd run over them with a truck or yep. wagon or something. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's we pick them up. Actually, my grandson shoots them with wrist rockets and you know and all those things out there played with them so oh uh, and the ones that remain run over with a lawnmower and it slings of a hundred yards oh sure it'd bang them real far yeah. oh. and, and, and from what i can recall the last time the meat in them is actually good it That's is good but boy you got to really pick at it with a toothpick or a little nail or yeah, something like yeah, that to get it and then and in, in, in the shells will cut your feet if you go outside yeah. that, you know this one thing to another but i will i'll, I'll try those three things right. they should be able to sell those that like a Lowe's, oh yeah, oh sure, Home Depot or something like that. Euonymus is real common. The St. John's Wort is pretty common. Ajuga is pretty common. Yeah, all three okay. of them. Sure. And which one? And one more thing, I'll leave you alone. Which yeah. one of those is the most shade tolerant? Because when these trees grow, yeah, I mean it's almost like you have to have a flashlight in the daytime. The Ajuga is the most shade tolerant. It's the one that has the least likely root. Vigorous root systems to withstand erosion, though. So um, maybe ajuga is going to be up close to the trunk for two or three feet, and then out from there is where you'll try the euonymus or the St. John's wort, where he gets a little more sunshine out towards the end of the uh, branches. I sure will. Listen, thank you again, buddy. That's great talking to you, David. Thanks yes, for calling. Sir. You got it. Our phone number is 404 or on Twitter, hashtag AskWalter. I got to tell you, David talking about the black walnut tree reminds me exactly of a time in my life when I was probably nine years old, I guess. And we had, sure, we had a big black walnut tree at the end of the garden in our home in Fayette County. And so my dad would sometimes ask me if I wanted to go out and crack black walnuts. And I knew that it would be one of those things that you need to be very careful because they're so hard, number one. And if you take a hammer and try to break them apart, which is what the tool we use for doing it, you could easily slip and hit your thumb and cry, and then <laughs> that would be the end of it for cracking over the black walnuts. But the first step was always, as David sort of alluded to just now, is getting the husk off of the walnut nut inside. If you've ever seen a black walnut, the whole thing is oh easily three or four inches in diameter, green at first, turns black over the fall and winter. But the first thing to do when you pick a bunch of them up is to put them in a big, in our case, a big burlap bag and run over them with your car, with a wagon, with a truck, stomp on them with your feet, something that will take that outer husk away from the nut that's inside. And so we do that, run over it with the car or the tractor or whatever, and then pour everything out in a pile and separate out the nuts and then go to the well. We had a what's called a dug well. It was only about 30, I guess, feet deep. And uh, it had a pump, a mechanical pump on it. When If the electric electric pump froze during the wintertime, you'd have a little bit of water anyway by pumping on this cast iron uh, pump there. And there was a concrete cover on top of the well, and there was just a little indentation in one place on that concrete cover that was perfect for a walnut to fit into. And so you put the walnut in there. If you hit it square on top with a hammer, then it would break the walnut in half. And then, as I, again, alluded to with David, you got a nail or a little bitty meat pick, nut, nut pick, and you pick out those little pieces of walnut meat. 
And after you've been out there for oh, an hour, you might have a cup <laughs> of nut meats. And that's why David said he'd go to the grocery store and buy his. It's too much trouble to try to get them apart. I'm sure some brilliant person is going to invent a walnut cracker, huller, something sheller that you can get the walnut meats out. But it is a tedious, very poorly rewarding job to get the black walnuts out of the nuts. Michael is in Ackworth, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Michael, hey, good morning. Hey, good hey. morning. I hope you're doing well. I am, Michael. How can I help? Awesome. I've got some uh, boxwoods that's uh, growing over uh, the walkway a little bit. They're shaped pretty good, and they're real full and all. And yeah. uh, I needed to cut them back already because, it's like I say, it's taking over the walkway up into the home. But after this big snow we had, it's laid them over, <laughs> and now they're taking most of my walkway. Yeah. So I want to cut them back, but if I cut them back, cut them back, uh, how long will it take you? Because, you know, they look kind of bad when you cut them back and there's no green on them no yeah. more. You know, because it's the, the very tips of them are green. Yeah. They don't straighten up either. You know, once uh, they're laid they over, they do not come back up. So you have to prune it somehow to keep it, you know, looking nice. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. it'll take a while, um, a couple of years probably, before it really looks ball-like and nicely shaped and a foot and a half tall or how tall you need to have them next to the walk. It'll take a couple of years to do it. But I think you'll be surprised at how nice it looks, even when it's not fully covered in green. It makes a lot of little sprouts, lots and lots of little sprouts along those stems that you leave. And so even though the stems are upright and don't look like a ball like a normal boxwood should, uh -huh. I think you'll say, well, it looks all right. It looks all right. And then it'll get more ballier as the as the years go on. A couple of years, though, until it really looks like a boxwood shrub normally looks. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I know I, I've been needing to do that. And um, I just wanted to you know, get a feel for if I cut about a foot off the front of it where the walkway is. Yeah. The height is really good. It's just the width. Uh, that's uh, really overcoming the walkway. It's, it's always the, the part that doesn't get sunshine that loses leaves and looks bare, and just like you've discovered by the limbs laying out over the walk. The bottom yeah. is bare, doesn't have much, grow much growth on it at all. It's the green stuff. It's, not it's just green all the way from the bottom to the top. It's wow. just the backside of where the uh, underneath the uh, deck is is where it's kind of, you know, open One of the bald looking, yeah. One of the things you can do as years past Michael is to prune occasionally to let some sunshine into the middle because what happens in most people, maybe not your case, but in most people's case, the outer green shell of leaves hides the interior really brown into inside of the boxwood shrub. And so once in a while, just go out there and cut a limb off so it gets a little bit of sunshine down in the middle, has a little bit of growth in there to uh -huh. keep both the inside and the outside have a little bit of leaf surface and a little bit of greenery on them. If you Keep, keep pruning it every year and have that real dense outside green uh, leaves on it. The inside, like I said, is going to look pretty brown. Uh, okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll do that because uh, I, I need my walkway back. Yeah, you got to have them get inside the house. Sure you do. Yeah, for sure. Well, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, and All I right. appreciate the tip on this. And You're the same, uh, Michael. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for calling. Drive safe, and we'll see you soon. It's 748. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, I was wondering when you get to the chipmunk. Christmas music brought to you courtesy of Jason Byers this morning. Thank you, sir. The chipmunks. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security this morning. It's going to be warm but damp today, 67 degrees to high. Right now it's 62 degrees outside. Tonight, overnight low as a cool front comes in around 47 tonight. Tomorrow in the 50s during the day and then maybe even down to the low 30s overnight. So a chilly start to the Christmas morning, but hoping you have a great Christmas anyway. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. And Mark joins us from Marietta. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Walter, the problem is the leaning tower of cedars. The lead, Mark, you're the best. That's exactly right. They all leaned over. They won't come back up again. They're just like the lady on the commercial. She's I mean, falling down. Can't come up. I mean, it was beautiful when the snow came, but yeah. now that it's gone, it's still as cattywampus as it was when it had the snow. So we're thinking, do we get a front-end loader and just push the sucker back to straight? Do we get rope? Or are we going to damage the roots? We need some insight here. How far down, Mark, is it all the way like parallel to the ground down or leaning 45 degrees? Or I would say at the trunk, five five degrees up at the top, you know, 25 degrees. It's slipped over. All right, that's that's actually good. That's better than I thought, because if it's down on the ground, parallel to the ground, nothing will, it's not going to come back. It's not, right. can't, can't root itself down. It can't do anything. Right. If the bottom of it is five degrees, if there's some way for you to get out, I know you wish the tree would do it for itself, but Mark, you're going to have to do this work. Dig Don't underneath the root system on the on the side away from the lean. Dig underneath the root right. system so when you push it up, it can sort of fall into a depression that you've made with your shovel. And then up top, uh, it'll straighten out a little bit. If there's any way for somebody to get up in there with a real padded padded sort of rope or chain or wire or something like that, but pad it as it goes around the trunk, and right. then pull it more upright there. It may never be totally upright, pencil straight, but at least be straighter than it is now. How big are you talking about this hole being on the opposite side of the lean? I guess it depends on how big the roots I mean, are the roots, can you see any bulging nope. of the ground where the roots have been pulled up at all? I can't. There's not, that, that did not take place. And the, and the diameter of the trunk's probably only like seven or eight inches. Yeah. You need to have some. You don't know it and you don't see it really, but there is some soil that has fallen into the void left where the, where the right. trunk bent over. So you just got to get underneath there and excavate a little bit. You, sometimes hands and knees, if it's not as big as you described, maybe just get under hands and knees with a trowel would be okay. Sure. You got to do something to let the root system and the trunk sort of subside back into yeah. a voided area that you make okay. yourself as you push it up. Who's going to push it up with you anyway? Who's going to do that, Mark? <laughs> well, we're renting, so this guy has got front end loaders. He's got all the boys' toys, so oh boy. we can we can make that happen. I, I was just looking to get out of it in a simple way, but yeah. if I got to dig, I got to dig. Padded, padded, padded. That's the biggest thing okay. I can emphasize. You put, you know, old sheets and towels and blankets and things like that between the bucket or whatever you're using to pull it upright and whatever you're using to okay. guide it with. Pad it thickly because okay. the bark really can come off quickly if you're not careful. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Drive safely, brother. We'll see you soon. Okay. It's 758 at News Talk WSB. We'll have one more hour of lawn and garden and our number again, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. Flat.